Welcome to the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this show so you'll never miss a minute. Bill Spadia is compensated for commercial and nonprofit appearances. 610 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. I want to thank Parks Casino and Sportsbook for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. Dan, you're not kidding. Cold. Wow. Icy. <laughs> yes. Frigid. It was 10 in the car. 10. Okay. 10. Uh, my That's as low as I've ride, seen it for. My entire ride was slick all the way yeah. down Route 1 this morning. Oh. It's uh, it's going to, I think Bob and Jill are going to be very busy once the idiots hit the road in a little while here. Well, I, I think people are not going to pay attention as they often don't. I mean, right. there were accidents all over yesterday. People, uh-huh. you know, slip, just, just that simple one sliding off the road. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a mess. Bob Williams always says it's the morning after a snowstorm. That's the worst in the traffic center for him because people, you know, they, they forget the fact that ice is a thing and it's 10 degrees. So everything is frozen solid out there. This is, this is serious cold, not quite dangerous cold. They wouldn't go there. That's when the wind chill drops below zero, but you got to bundle up and you got to watch your step out there. Um, what are the, how's the week looking? I mean, is is there going to be melt? Uh, yeah, because of sunshine today. So especially black okay. top surfaces, the color black absorbs the heat from the sun. Yeah. So that'll help with roads and driveways. But the temperatures aren't going to help today. We're stuck below freezing, 20s this afternoon. It's really? going to feel like teens. So uh, stay bundled up. Okay. What- I noticed you've got, you've got vest and yellow jacket and Brought hat. the yellow jacket, hat, hoodie. I was freezing this morning. It's cold. And I went from house to garage to car. (laughs) (laughs) You've been outside for all two and a half seconds walking into work. Exactly. But uh, I just knew it was going to be. I left my gloves in the car last night. Ah, okay. So they were nice and uh, nice and chilled for me as I I got up. Um, But what about, all right, so we may have some melt on blacktop, but what about today's Wednesday? You said snow potentially Friday? Friday, yeah. Is that going to hit us? There could be a snow shower tomorrow, but that's not, uh, not eventful. I don't expect any travel impacts. Friday daytime, though, is going to turn wintry again. It's wow. it's almost the same kind of magnitude storm that we had yesterday. One to three inches of snow accumulation. Okay. But this time it's happening during the day Friday, so it's the Friday evening commute that could get messy. Got it. Also this time, there's really no risk of mixing. You know, we had that freezing rain that yeah, built in messy. yesterday that, that really... Um, made things worse, I think, throughout the day. For, That's not going to happen next time. For travel plans, if I'm out, I have to be in New York by 11, and then we're headed to New England. I should be. Okay. I, should, I might miss it. Um, you might, yeah. I mean, the the again, it's a daytime event. It's going to start like mid morning on Friday, so you'll be hitting the road for for New York just as it starts. And uh, this thing is a, a southern special. I think the okay. biggest uh, snow totals will be inland South Jersey. So you'll be driving oh. away from it if you're headed up into New England. Oh, fantastic! Mm-hmm. I'll take it. But uh, real quick, just cold through the weekend. Saturday is going to be ridiculously cold, even Another colder day, than like today. That. And then things will moderate. We'll be in the 30s on Sunday and probably some 40s around next week. Okay. So some improvements there. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Yep. So, Eric, I, uh, I charged the snowblower. Okay. That's right. the battery-powered one. Right? Yeah, I've got the battery one. Yeah. I love it. Um, you know, and I, I did not, uh, I never texted Mick, so. Okay. The driveway, you know, my thought was our, our trucks drive over it. And I've got the problem is the ice, right? So now it's it, where I drove over the snow. Yep. It's nice and slick. Now my son on his way out to the airport shoveled the walks, which was very nice. So the walks are done, but um, 
The driveway's ice. Did you did you uh, use a snowblower? Yeah, I was going to shovel, and then I thought, well, you know, I'll get the snowblower out, and it turned right over, and I did have to scrape a little bit on the driveway where I drove over the snow as well. Yeah. But I got that out, and then I was glad to have the snowblower at the bottom of the driveway because after the plows finally came through our neighborhood, all right. they did was kick all that ice up at the bottom of the driveway, so the snowblower... Yeah, it's almost that. like... Walking on glass, right? Yeah. It has that weird feel to it. Um, but uh, what I want to know, and, and there's no... I feel like they have had the trucks and the brine and the plows, etc. for every event we've had for two years. Right. We finally got snow. I don't know why there's ice on the roads. <laughs> I feel like... How do we not solve this? It's right. 2024. And it, and we were told that there was plenty of supply and, you know, I mean, right. it, it was... And it, I saw... Plow crews and salters and sailors so out there. Yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, it, it. But I wasn't kicking up any salt this morning. No. Right? My car's no. clean. So I'm like, did, did, did they miss it? Did, I, don't I, I don't know. I didn't see any brine. I mean, you and I, but I, you drive through two towns. I drive through three. Yeah. Yeah. I, Nothing. I, it's, Lawrence was weird this year because normally they're right on top of all of the, yeah. you know, of everything. You know, it's. Yeah. It, um, and I have to say, Ewing beat them this time around in oh, terms no of doubt. making sure that the roads were clear and not slick. And um, yeah, I don't. So I don't know what Lawrence was. God, doing. that could be a bet too. That could be a side by side. They get right. It's like all right, the wind goes to Ewing for this store. What about next store? Right? Oh, that's funny. That's, <laughs> that's funny. That could be a thing. Uh, well, hey, if it gets the roads plowed. Whatever it takes, right? Right. All right. How was your commute this morning? Are you out and about? If you're uh, driving a truck or if you're in a... Uh, am I missing something? Did we did we underbrine, undertreat for this? I want to know why the roads are so icy. Cars all over yesterday. Producer Kristen's ride home counted five accidents. And, uh, you know, because of the ice, the our event last night got postponed. I'll be back in Manchester on January 31st. So stay tuned to that and, and check out my full schedule at uh, BillSpadia.com slash events. And I'll have that posted at NJ1015.com slash BillSpadia later today. But um, my question is, are you out and about today? How bad are the roads this morning? It's 10 degrees. What are you doing to stay warm and get your car to work? Did you have to leave your car outside last night? And did you scrape it off like a crazy person this morning? 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. 616 is the time. Traffic on the note. Six twenty-three on New Jersey one hundred one point five. I am Bill Spadia. So, what's going on out there? Is it me? I, I, why are the roads icy? You would think with all the brining we've done over the past two years, well, you'd think nothing would stick to our roads for the next ten years, given all the brining that uh, that's been done. But I, I didn't. There was no salt on my truck this morning. So, why is that? What am I missing? Let's go to Laura in Hunterdon County. Hey, Laura, how you doing? Hey, Bill. It's Laura Jones. How are you? Laura Jones. Always good to hear from you. How's everything going with you? Uh, I can't complain. I'm actually on my way up to Nutley this morning from Hunterdon. And I'm so glad you brought this up because I noticed, remember the snow? It was just a kind of a coating that we had I mean, maybe like the first week of January. Yeah. Um, I was in Princeton driving home, and I noticed there was no salt, no brine. 
And it, and it was very bizarre to me. And I almost thought about posting something. Yeah. I thought, oh, maybe I'm missing something. But it was really slippery. And then I noticed I'm in Lambertville, uh, Hunterdon, and the salt trucks weren't coming down through my area until after the snow. There weren't, they weren't doing the prep work, which I thought was very strange because normally the night before you're seeing everything go through. I didn't see that myself. And so when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh, you're not crazy. There weren't as much, there weren't as many people out in the areas where I am. All right, good. I, I feel a little bit better, Laura, because I'm feeling like, like it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know what the plan was. I mean, I'd love to talk to somebody at DOT. Like, what was their their plan? I mean, okay, the parkway and the, and the turnpike were clear right away. But, right. wow, I mean, a lot of these roads, there were, there were accidents everywhere yesterday. And I'm expecting that oh. today, too. Well, and also when I was on 95 or 295, again, going through Mercer, Lawrenceville, the areas you're talking about, I saw probably four or five cars off the side of the road and you normally don't see that i mean you'll see occasionally but it really struck me i'm like what's going on i mean i know we haven't had you know a lot of snow in the past couple of years and people forget but no i don't think the roads were properly prepared i haven't seen the trucks when i do see them it's in the middle of the snow event so i don't know if it's a resource issue and i actually have tried multiple times to get a hold of DOT. Uh, yeah. And I, I haven't had, I haven't had luck. No. And, and, and you know, Laura, politics aside, I think this has been one of the most uh, unresponsive administrations that we've seen. They just don't, they, they punt on so many things, whether it's unemployment, DOT, uh, education. They, they, they don't want to have the conversation, especially with reporters like you who are going to dig into it. Hey, how's the uh, show going? It's New Jersey politics with Laura Jones, right? In fact, I'm going up this morning. We're going to be doing uh, more reaction to the governor's state of the state. I have State Senator Anthony Bucco. He is the uh, minority leader in the Senate. He's going to be coming on. But I was at the state of the state. And again, you know, when it comes to the legislators, when I'm physically there, they're going to stop. They're going to talk to me. And there are some PIOs who have been around public information. Who have been around who are fantastic but some of the other areas i am really struggling yeah. in getting a response i even had a positive story about the signs you know uh don't drive lit yeah yeah when i was when i was trying to get information about the bull on the transit and i it, again that's kind of it's a great story how that yeah ended, how it and ended. nothing right they don't want to talk to you I couldn't get anything. yeah no. Unless I'm physically there in their face, and don't get me started on the state house, how there's not even a press row. Oh, I can't, you know what, Laura? We we need to bring that back. There needs to be a press yeah. row. We need to get these stations back with their offices reinstated. They yeah. spent all this money on the renovation. The press ought to be. I I'm with you on that. So people can find you on onnj.com. And uh, Laura, if you want to tweet out your next episode and tag me in, I'll be happy to share it. Uh, Bill, thank you so much. I appreciate you it. You got it. So validating this thing about the roads and being slippery and, and yep. lack of it's like a, a, a preparation or something, something is up. Well, we're going to keep digging. Laura, thank you. Best to the kids. Bye. All the best. You take care. Laura Jones, uh, she, uh, she was a News 12 personality for a long, long time.
and uh, you know help build their uh, their state house bureau. And now she has uh, got her weekly show on MeTV and ONNJ. Uh, just a true Jersey girl. One eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five is my number. Uh, what are you thinking about the rose this morning? How bad is it out there, Roberto and Justin? I will be back right after the news next six twenty eight. 6.38 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. Uh, I want to be clear that I'm not knocking anyone who's been out there working hard to um, salt or brine or plow. But it did occur to me, and I'm not the only one that noticed this, uh, that there was a lack of salt on the roads. And Eric, what maybe you can shed some light on this. Obviously, there are state roads, there are county roads, and there are local roads. Is there a coordination that happens during a snowstorm, or are a lot of these towns on their own? Well, there is a coordination with the DOT and the Office of Emergency Management in terms of where resources need to be deployed. When you're talking about your county and your municipal roads, um, the counties and towns do communicate, some better than others, uh, with public works in terms of what equipment is available. And really, it depends on the amount of equipment that either is owned by the town or the county, mm-hmm. and then you have others that are contracted out. So you'll have everything from, you know, a guy with a plow on the front of a pickup truck um, to the kind of dump truck plows that you see that are contracted out by state, municipal, county governments to clear so it depends on how much um, is available. One of the things anecdotally that I heard was that since we hadn't had a lot of snow in the last almost two years, that in many areas, companies that used to provide the contracting services, um, some of them either got away from it, they don't do it anymore, or they've gone out of business. So there may have been a lack of equipment in some oh, municipalities. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's the case in well, a town like Lawrence. Issue. And there is also an insurance about, issue. Right? right, exactly. So, you know, it's you you may have had, you know, because not the state and the counties and the towns, they don't they don't have a lot of snow removal equipment because it's used so infrequently, unless it's something that can be repurposed, right? So something, you know, like right. these dump trucks right. and things like that that you see, they'll attach plows to it. But to have dedicated snow removal equipment Many municipalities don't have it. They contract that service out. They might have a couple of public works trucks that they can attach plows to, and you probably see that because it has the the township logo on it. Yeah, yeah. You know, most municipalities will have something that they can that they can use, but you know, a lot of them are contracting that out. And if those contractors aren't available or they've gone somewhere else, then you know that could be a problem. I'd love to explore this insurance issue and what the government could do about that. I mean, I've heard anywhere from, you know, thirty to forty thousand dollars a year to insure a fleet of just just a handful of trucks and you get no snow, you're shelling out twenty, thirty thousand dollars and you're not getting that back. Because right. you're dormant. You're not doing anything for those six weeks. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and that is for a lot of these companies that had relied on that as an income stream, you know, the contract plowing whether with a state or a county or a municipality, um, you know, they haven't seen really a dime in almost two years, some of them, yeah. um, which is why, it, you know, they may have simply decided I, I, we're not doing that anymore because of the liability costs or just the cost of your, of your fleet maintenance. You know, like our buddy, our buddy Mick at Longford, you know, 
he watched no football this weekend because all his trucks were in the shop getting ready to go for right. you know he, right. he is a contract plower. So you know he all that equipment. And he's got a, a relatively large company and a decent sized fleet. So he, you know, he's investing <clears throat> in the insurance. He's going to hopefully recoup that money back. Yeah, you would hope so, right? I mean, it, but if we're you know if we're talking about um, you know maybe another snow event, I think one guy told me he had to have. He had to have at least four snow events a year to break even on his costs. So what he would pay his wow. employees and so, and yeah. you know, a lot of these guys will get called in and they have a, a rally point, right? So if you get a call from the state and they'll say, All right, we want you at exit whatever of the parkway or the turnpike, and you sit there waiting to plow, and you have to have at least an inch of snow on the ground before you can actually plow. Right. Um, now you can toss brine and salt and sand prior to that and, you know, right. during that storm, but you generally have to have at least an inch of snow, accumulated snow on the, on the roadways before you can actually plow. Which makes sense. Otherwise you're digging the road up. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Justin in Hamilton. So Justin, you say I'm wrong about the salting. What's going on, man? Morning, Bill. Morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Tell me. Not bad. Where am I wrong? Where can we clarify? It was brutal yesterday. You know, obviously we haven't had a storm in a year, but yeah. the problem yesterday was it, it snowed. We only had an inch and a half of snow, but then you had rain and sleet for about five hours. Yeah, and it was it was just horrible, man. The jobs that you cleared initially became a skating rink. Um, I'm out on the roads all during the storm from Columbus to Ewing, and I, I thought they were in pretty good shape to. To be honest with you. You know, I thought the they were, too, until the afternoon, right? And then it got... Yeah, right, right around 3.34, yeah. the temperatures dropped, and, man, stuff started freezing like you wouldn't believe. So, and I guess that's my question, Justin. Like, what, what is it? If, if that's going to happen, then it almost... You got to wonder like you why... Rain, you got freezing rain and sleet, all bets are off. You can't put product... Nothing you can do, right? Yeah. So, so but, when know. when do you treat it? Do you wait? Do you go out in the middle you of the wait, night? Yeah. You salt now. Jobs, I, I didn't clear, and then let the sleet fall on top of the snow, and then you clear it, and that worked out great. But the jobs you cleared before that rain came, forget about it. You were done. It but nice does it, you know, Justin, doesn't it, it raises a question, right? Where is the management of this to coordinate this? You'd think that you'd, you'd hold back on some of your resources. To help, because, you know, the governor declared a state of emergency, so if you're going to do that... Right. If you're going to do that and say, OK, we we're going to free up our resources to clear these roads. Where's the priority? Is it during the snow event or is it now? Because to me. Lion's share of the accidents were last night. Yeah, exactly. Those are pretty dry this morning. But anyway, I'm sorry. I got to yeah. go. I got a salt delivery. Do guy it, man. Do your thing. Be safe. Thanks, Justin. So it does raise a good question. I mean, Justin's out there driving a truck. I get it. If it's raining out, you can't salt. But am I missing something that the precipitation stopped late afternoon, early evening in most spots? Wouldn't it have made more sense to tell people, look, we're not going to clear an inch of snow or two inches of snow off the roadways because, you know, outside of the major roads, the turnpike and the, and the parkway. And instead, we're going to deploy these resources to make sure that we don't have a skating rink on the roads. Where's where is the Office of Emergency Management? Where is the Department of Transportation? Where's the communication? Where was the press release? Where was the call to Eric Scott in the newsroom to say, "Hey, here's our plan. Here's what we're going to do." 
so that it can be communicated to the public. Because otherwise, you leave all of us asking questions and then challenging, saying, yeah, whatever plan you had for all the hard work that our salt trucks, plow trucks did, you got half the roads cleared, and, and you got towns now with people sliding off the road this morning. So what am I missing? Am I missing something on this whole thing? 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. 6.45 is the time. Travel going with the next route. 6.52 on New Jersey, 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls, 1-800-283-101.5. So um, what's interesting to me is that there's no question that with this snow event, ice event, rain event, that we were not going to be able to clear all the roads all over the state, of course. Some towns have bigger budgets. Some towns uh, have trucks. Some don't. Some towns estimate the cost could be anywhere from a quarter million to $400,000 for a major snow event. Uh, I get it. This is a strain on the budget. My concern and what bothers me the most is that we've had these rainy day, snowy day funds available at the state level. And instead of reducing our state budget down to the levels when Chris Christie left office, $35, $36 billion, this governor and administration with their complicit uh, hacks in the legislature, some on the Republican side who helped them do it, uh, spiked the budget up to $53 billion. So all of whatever surplus we had is gone, COVID relief funds were not used to offset the cost at the local level. So you've got local towns that are really strapped. And it's it's not right because this impacts all of us. And we're all state taxpayers as well. So we need to revisit our snow management plan, our emergency management plan. I'd like to know why you've got towns that are short trucks, yet the governor thought it was fine to buy uh, six new luxury SUVs for him and his team. Things like that. Bad decisions like that. Now, scrap all those SUVs, and you still don't have enough to solve the problem completely, but it's a start. And if you would waste money, you know, I think they spent like six or $700,000 on these brand new SUVs for the governor, the lieutenant governor. I mean, it's a joke. It's ridiculous. And, you know, if they would do that, then you add another $114,500 for a new rug in the governor's office. Where else are they throwing money away? It's amazing to me. And, and really sad. It, it, it hurt. Look, guys, it hurts all of us. Um, all right. I just I want to tell you, on the other side, I'm going to be joined by my friend Ron Baruti, who is an attorney representing a New Jersey dad who is suing Delaware Valley High School for going through and pushing a transition of his daughter without informing him. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, I'll um, I'll have Ron on. He, I want him to explain to you exactly what they're accusing the school of doing and uh, and shine a real spotlight on the fact that we've got school administrators potentially out there right now pushing your kids in a direction and not telling you. 
1-800-283-101.5 is my number. This has happened to you. I want to hear from you as well. Uh, news is next, 656. 710 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talk to Jersey. Taking your calls, 1-800-283-101.5. So I want to turn to a very serious uh, issue going on. We know we've got a problem with our school systems, the Department of Education, the Attorney General, Matt Platkin, uh, pushing to sexualize our kids. We also know that they have created this whole uh, new wave of transitioning and and gender confusion. Well, one father in New Jersey is alleging that Delaware Valley High School in Hunterdon County uh, was socially transitioning his daughter without telling him. As a matter of fact, the lawsuit um, sues and specifically names Matt Platkin, uh, Ashley Miranda, who is uh, uh, the school counselor, and it, it talks about the Board of Education, the superintendent of schools, essentially saying that to push a kid and transition the kid from identifying as their birth gender into whatever they want to identify in violates parental rights. And it's actually all about uh, a federal statute that said, says, quote, Parents have the primary responsibility for the education of their children, and states, localities, and private institutions have the primary responsibility for supporting supporting that parental role. Joining me now, Ron Baruti, who is the attorney representing John Doe. Uh, yes, that's a fictitious name, uh, the kid and the parent being protected. Ron, what's going on? Good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm fine. So I read this article on Central uh, Jersey Newswire. So the, the, the girl had had uh, trauma in her background and and then started identifying as a guy. And apparently uh, what, what you're alleging, or what the lawsuit's alleging, is that the counselor, this Ashley Miranda, supported by the attorney general and the superintendent, et cetera, told other staff at the school this young girl is now identifying as a male and we're going to encourage that and use the male pronouns, et cetera. All this, everybody knew except not only the dad, but also two teachers at the school who were friendly with the family. They didn't tell them either. That's exactly right. Um, they took it upon themselves to transition this child. They uh, alleged, they're claiming that they're required to do this by federal and state law. They haven't identified those federal and state laws. And the father has objected, as uh, found out months later from another parent, a very humiliating situation, and um, demanded that they stop. And um, they refused. Wow. The father has, for a couple of years now, uh, had his daughter in counseling. She uh, has uh, some emotional uh, disabilities and... Uh, and she's her, her mom died at a very young age, and so the father is a, he's a loving father, and he's taking care to to make sure that she has the best care possible. But the school never even looked into that; they just immediately decided to start socially transitioning uh, Jane into Jane Doe into uh, you know a, a boy's name. So, what? Let me ask you this: How far down the road? Are we on this? This happened last year, two years ago. And is the school continuing to uh, push this girl into identifying as a guy? 
Yeah, so uh, what happened is uh, the, uh, with a doctor's uh, recommendation, uh, Jane is now uh, at home school, but the, the school district has provided materials, but they say that she now has to uh, do the quote-unquote out-home school in a public library where they will continue to socially transition her. They're saying that they have no right not to do that, and that, uh, and they've, you know, we've provided uh, constitutional cases that uh, demonstrate that it violates uh, our clients, our the father's constitutional parental rights, and they still are insisting that they will do this to this uh, girl. So he can't put her back in school until there's a resolution of this lawsuit. Well, well, we're going to see. We have uh, filed a. We've, uh, we're seeking a temporary restraining order and a preliminary injunction against the school district, against uh, Matt Platkin, and uh, um, also the. Um, I mean, Matt Platkin is the attorney general, and and Ron, I don't have to tell you. I mean, he has been aggressively, aggressively pushing the sexualization of kids, aggressively pushing to remove parental um, rights. I mean, this guy. He's a bad dude. I, I, I have. It's amazing how many radicals have been brought in by Murphy and his wife Tammy, as they are literally trying to just reconfigure New Jersey through their radical politics. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, look, it's not just New Jersey. It's it's a it's a national phenomenon. Every every progressive uh, administration yeah. has gotten so far left and so far in cuckoo land in terms of some of these things that they're doing that they really have no regard at all for the people uh, to whom they're responsible, which are, you know, the, the, the voters, the citizens. And um, so this, this is a prime example. And uh, we're seeking to uh, really get a constitutional ruling that we believe uh, can have national impact, which yeah. is that these uh, states, uh, the school districts cannot socially transition children without the uh, full knowledge and consent of parents because it violates parents' rights under the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution and federal statute. I read that from uh, the federal statute, what is it, uh, 20 U.S. Code uh, 3401 uh, that said parents have the primary responsibility for the education of their children and states, localities, and private institutions have the primary responsibility for supporting that parental role. I thought what's so interesting about that, uh, that code is that private institutions are included. So your private schools can't get away with this either. If it's if they receive federal funds. So it's if the, if a school does not receive federal funds, then it's not subjected to the federal statute because there's no federal jurisdiction. But in the United, in New Jersey, uh, I, I think every single uh, yeah. at least public school has federal funding, so they're yeah. all required to comport with this law. And so, and we—it's the supremacy clause of the Constitution then provides that the federal statute will trump any state law that contradicts it. And that's you know, Matt Platkin, I believe, is pushing the law against discrimination as New Jersey law against discrimination as the basis for uh, for this uh, requirement of, of social transitioning. But that would then uh, run into uh, run into this right. federal statute. And meanwhile. Meanwhile, this dad's been stripped of his rights as a dad, and he's got to contend with a kid who, who's dealing with the loss of her mom, and and now this 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 ridiculous gender confusion, uh, and she's already 
had all this trauma. I, you know what? We're going to pray for her and the dad and you, Ron. And uh, do me a favor. Um, uh, I'm going to put you on hold. Just uh, connect with uh, producer Kristen. I want to make sure that we're in touch with Elizabeth and Sharon. I want to get this podcast with you and have the longer conversation that we won't have time for on the air uh, and, and dive into this even more on the podcast if you have time uh, in the next two weeks. Sounds good, Bill. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate you. That is Ron Baruti, uh, attorney for uh, the dad who's known as John Doe. Uh, let's, uh, you know, say a prayer for this family. This is a, a traumatic thing being pushed by the school counselor and uh, Matt Plack and the attorney general. What, what it, Matt, you are a disgrace. You are really just not a good guy. Man, how do you sleep at night, dude? 718, fast traffic instant weather next. Seven twenty-three on New Jersey one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you at ten o'clock this morning. I want to thank Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app for sponsoring New Jersey Chime Time every morning, every hour on the show. So um, this is happening at um, Delaware Valley High School in Hunterdon County. School administrators, counselor, and counselor's name is Ashley Miranda. She's named in the suit along with. New Jersey Attorney General Matthew Platkin. And, um, you know, many of these people, I wonder if they think they're doing the right thing in their twisted brain that it's okay to take a child who's suffered tremendous trauma in her life, uh, potentially acting out, saying, hey, I'm going to identify as a man. And the fact that the school encourages that is really sickening. Guys, you don't have trans kids. You have kids that are suffering. If you truly have what you would call a trans kid, that means that child is suffering from gender dysphoria. Anything short of gender dysphoria is just a kid acting out. And what we ought to be doing as a society is encouraging people to embrace themselves and love who they are. We hear that. You're not allowed to call somebody fat anymore, right? Because that's fat shaming. So we're supposed to accept if you are... Uh, out of shape and a health risk, we're supposed to ignore that because, you know, you do you. But if you are a young girl who's acting out based on trauma, mental illness, or a combination, or just, just getting back at mom and dad, as teenagers do, then we're supposed to say, oh, you should reject the body you're born in and try to be something else. Guys, you can't have it both ways. And what we have in society today is an all-out assault on children. It's not just an assault on mom and dad. This is beyond parental rights. This is about taking young, vulnerable kids and subjecting them to the radical politics that are designed to tear down the family and tear down the country. And our school system is being used as that platform to erode the rights of kids and mom and dad. It's got to stop. What would you do if your kid was acting out this way and the school was encouraging them to change their gender identity? The fact that New Jersey schools are hiding behind the attorney general on this is disgusting and shame on the attorney general for pushing this kind of radical ideology that is nothing short of child abuse. And they should all be held accountable. There should be criminal charges coming for many of the people that have participated 
in this kind of activity in our schools. But as a mom and dad, are you worried? If you've got young kids, are you looking at New Jersey schools and saying, maybe it's time for me to get out? 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. 726 is the time. Eric Scott with the news. 738 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. So, Eric, you may be surprised to know this. A new study is out. Apparently, um, the use of plastics in bags has now increased threefold (laughs) since the ban on single-use plastic. you can't make this up. I, I just tweeted out the uh, the link to the report um, that's from the uh, Fredonia Group. They did, uh, it's a third-party market research firm, and they they went through and they, they analyzed um, stores, et cetera. They said it's a three-times increase in plastic consumption mm. because the, um, the polypropylene plastic that they use for the reusable bags being sold as an alternative. Well, turns out, here's a shocker. Uh, you can't recycle that stuff. So they're all being thrown away. Right. And most people are using the reusable bags once because you can't take the reusable bag and pick up after your dog. Right. Can't take the reusable bag and line your bathroom trash can. Right. Now, I am, I, you know, we have not stopped using the single-use plastic. I, I don't know about you. Uh, I still have them all over the house. I printed them at Common Sense Club, and, and I it just... It, I'm not surprised at all. I wrote an article about this um, before they passed it. And I said, if you look at the studies out of Texas and other places, landfill use actually goes up when where you ban it because the sheer size of these so-called reusable bags that no one's reusing, um, they just take up exponentially more space. Yeah, I mean, I have some reusable bags that I use <clears throat> from time to time, but I, I'll i do grocery shopping in Pennsylvania, and I will put one item in a plastic bag <laughs> so that I have an entire shopping cart full plastic bags because I use I them to it. clean up after the dog and as garbage bags and, yes. and everything else. So, it, And it, when you send home leftovers. When I send home leftovers, yeah. Yes. I pack up my son's, you know, meals and stuff like yeah. that in those. And, you know, so I, I yeah, it's... Well, I, you know what I wish? I would love to, and I'm going to leave this out there, that I will I will thank and congratulate Governor Murphy if he's got the guts today to just acknowledge that it was a mistake. Just acknowledge that that what they they proclaimed as the intention, which was to reduce plastic use, mm-hmm. reduce landfill capacity. Now, I could argue with you over landfill, and I did in my article. I talk about waste management and how we're repurposing the methane, and it's actually empowering yeah. homes, and it's it's clean energy and all this. Okay, but that aside, if your intended focus is to reduce plastic use, reduce trash, and therefore reduce what's going to landfill... If the opposite happened, wouldn't it be amazing if we had a politician that would say, you know what, I got that one wrong and and the results are in and now we're going to undo that and work on other things like focusing on litter, focusing on pollution, focusing on clean air, clean water, all these things yeah. that would be laudable goals that the average person would say, yeah, I want clean air, I want clean water. God, what if New Jersey focused on the Superfund sites? What if New Jersey, you know, focused on the fact that there are still people throwing garbage out of their cars? 
Yeah, on I, the roadways. How often have you seen that? All the all the time. All I, the time. It, it's what the hell? What that is a a mystery to me. Right. I, it, it's still I don't I don't understand that. In the um, old days, people would dump their ashtrays at red lights. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting, right? Yeah. Yeah, now yeah. I say old days because most people I don't think are using ashtrays in a car, and most cars don't even have them anymore. I I can't right? remember the last time I had a car that. That did, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know. None of my cars have yeah, anything like I, that. I, I don't, it's, yeah, that's one of those, it went out with the hand crank window, I think. Right? Uh, you know, I had that in the Jeep. <laughs> I love that. I had a kid get in the backseat. We would drive for, for Michael's football. Uh, and I'll never forget it. Uh, Mr. Spadia, what's this? <laughs> had no idea to how to roll. I'm like, you're in control of your own window, son. Yeah, right. All you got to do is crank it and turn it down. You might have well handed him an eight track. <laughs> right? Exactly. I'm sure I was the last holdout. But what do you think? Should we do an over under on uh, how many uh, politicians in Trenton are going to? There's no way. We both bet the under on that. Yeah, right. It's I, it doesn't fit. You know, regardless of where you fall on the issues, you believe the statistics or not. But a pullback on that doesn't fit. With a progressive narrative yeah. that this administration has established and and cultivated and and pursued, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't fit with that. Yeah, uh, because I guarantee you that they'll find a study that says, "Oh no, but it did reduce these three things." Right, they'll find something. Right. Uh, interestingly enough, they they also said that there were stores. Um, listen to this: they a batch of fifty stores analyzed by the. Um, by this uh, Fredonia group, this market, this third-party um, uh, market research group, they said that they they had a cumulative profit of forty-two million dollars. Wow! From selling bags. Wow! So there you go. It'll be the retailers that now push back on ending the bag ban. Yeah, because it, you know they they Big gave money. they gave them away for free for a while, right? But now every checkout lane has reusable right. bags for sale for a buck and, and it's or more different. and if you if, you know you you forget your bag what are you gonna do you're not gonna carry it all in your right in your hands i do out of spite although i, I did one time yeah. i just I, at a self-checkout i just put everything back in the cart yeah, and, took and the just cart loaded out. it in my trunk yeah exactly I, I i've done that too uh so the question is i get it if you're a retailer but you know what that's 42 million dollars that came from you the consumer so the big store profited on this ridiculous law of banning the plastic bags. You paid more at the checkout counter. At a time where we have people on fixed incomes, we have first responders that haven't had a cost of living adjustment in 11 years, you're telling me that it's okay? The Murphy administration facilitated a $42 million profit for retailers that was paid for by you? I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. It's time to end the bag ban and restore common sense. You agree? And would you go back to using the plastic bags? I don't care if the store wants to sell them to you. That's their right. They're paying for it. I have no issue with that. But this idea, $42 million in profit from just 50 stores, imagine how much you're paying as a consumer to support Governor and Tammy Murphy's crazy environmental distraction plan. 1-800-283-101.5 is my number. 745 is the time. Traffic on by the next Seven fifty three on New Jersey one hundred one point five. I am Bill Spady. Let's jump right back into it. So, yes, it's time to bring back the bags. It was a it was a silly folly put on by the governor and his wife Tammy to virtue signal 
uh, despite all the facts. We know that when you ban plastic bags, landfill use actually goes up. Use of plastic goes up. Litter goes up. All of it. All of it. We knew it. It was all a lie from go, much like most of what comes out of this administration. Lies and deceit and trickery and and abuse of power. That's what you get. That's why you've got Matt Platkin suing parents and schools and just making a mess of things. Uh, and that's why you've got Tammy Murphy using state funds to promote herself uh, ahead of her announcement that she's running for the Senate. And she'll be rewarded with a Senate seat. The abuse of power will be rewarded by more power unless you decide to stand up and say, I've had enough of this crap. Seriously, guys, what are we going to do? We're steamrolling toward the 24 Senate election with no viable Republican right now in the race. And we are at least no one that's going to get the support or the funding of the of of any of the major money in this state. Everybody's looking ahead to twenty twenty five, and in twenty five, what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to renominate uh, a Trump hating liberal or a Trump hating failed candidate, two time loser who blamed his campaign for being too white for why he lost. What what are you going to do in twenty five? Or are we going to have a third term of Murphy? We've got some very serious choices ahead of us in this state. Let's go to Mary in Forked River. Morning, Mary. How are you? Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Eric. I just wanted to call and tell you a funny story. Tell uh, me. First off, I know my husband's a fellow Marine, so thank you for Semper your service. Fi. Good to hear it. Semper Fi. So we go out to Fort Dix to shop where they actually have plastic bags. <laughs> of course it's not banned on federal property. I love that. I love I that. Love Eric cracks me up because we go there and we basically put one item in each yep. bag so we can have more so he can take his lunch bag for work or whatever. I mean, this is ridiculous. I wish Murphy would, you know, finally focus on what we need him to focus on instead of this garbage. You know, it's a shame because I, I think he's a he's just an, an empty person. Uh, you know, this is a person that is living his life on on his exterior success, right? And and he's he doesn't have the uh the the heart or the character to actually be someone relatable and that's and that's a shame because this is an opportunity for him to look back and say wow we we screwed this up really badly it did exactly the opposite and forgetting where we stand on whether it should have been a goal to begin with or not but the idea that it's so easy now to look back i look back at some of my articles over the past few years uh some uh, a year before they passed this, and I was saying exactly that this would happen. Why? Not because I knew, but because smarter people than me were were studying this and and showing it, and we had examples of this. It's the same thing we saw with the raise in the minimum wage. We now know that those minimum wage jobs will eventually all go away, right? It's like Absolutely. it's a shame, isn't it, Mary? Common sense, Bill. Thank Common you. sense. It's coming back, Mary. Yeah. Don't you worry. Okay. Take care. You take care. Have a great rest of your day. Semper Fi to your husband, too. 76, um, Eric Scott with your news next. 809 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey. Taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. So, Eric, I was thinking about yesterday, the Bills fans. Maybe watching the game this weekend, right? So who do they have this weekend? The Chiefs? They're hosting the Chiefs in Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to have trouble, I hope. A lot of injuries for the Bills um, in the secondary, so we'll see. But, I mean, it's uh, they're looking at another storm there, too. 
uh, potentially this week and then maybe yeah. for the game. Right? It, it, it's going to snow here Friday, right? So Friday Friday afternoon, I think, Dan said. Yeah. And then another storm in Buffalo, uh, what? Um, well, it's coming in this Saturday week. Saturday into Sunday? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, When's the game? What time week? is the game? I think kickoff 6.30 on Sunday. On Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday night. Yeah. And this is it, right? This is... Uh, no, this is the divisional round. So there's two more rounds of playoffs. Uh, last weekend was the wild card. This is the divisional round, and the conference championships will be a week from so this week. So are you confident or not confident? I'm never confident. I, I'm a lifelong Bills got fan. It, I, got it, got it. You, you, <laughs> you, you suffered through wide right. Right, exactly. <laughs> and three games after that. No, I mean, yeah, three losses yeah. after that. That was the jinx, right? Yeah, but it's... Um, uh, I, look, Has it, any team ever done that? Gone to four Super Bowls? Not in a row. And lost all four. Yeah. yeah. Not, not in a row. row. No one's ever done that. Nobody's ever gone to I would, four. I just row. want to yeah. see them beat the Chiefs. I, I just don't like them. I, this is Patrick Mahomes' first playoff game on the road in his career. No kidding. Yeah. Now, let's hope it's a rough one. Yeah. I, I, it's, I have no doubt Bill's Mafia, I'll be there with you in spirit, uh, spirit, but I'm sure they will be there in force again. So I was thinking about the fact that they didn't clear the snow. Because I, and I forgot to mention this yesterday, I went to, I took Michael and, um, you know, my son Michael and, and our, um, Jody's brother, um, Sal and his, and his daughter, we went to a, we went to a Patriots game, similar thing in Foxborough. Okay. And they didn't, they said though, they don't clear the upper decks on purpose. Like people, that's the celebration. Every touchdown, yeah, yeah. you're encouraged to throw, to throw the, the, snow. the snow. In the air, not at other people. In the, in air, the air, not at other yes. people. Exactly. Not Philly. No, in Philly, you throw it at people. <laughs> Although I think the Bills, I, I don't know. The Bills are just, they're friendlier about their craziness. Yeah. That's the difference. Because Lenny Dykstra tweeted yesterday. He's like, okay. We're done. The debate is over. Bills fans are definitely crazier than Philly fans. But I think there's a meanness that you get in Philly. The people yeah, get they're angry. Definitely the the meanest right? fans in the oh in the they league. get yeah. they get miserable and angry. They they've got. They're, I'm sure there were fights over the game that they lost. Oh no doubt. I mean, it's there are. It's been documented in the city of Philadelphia that incidents of domestic violence go up following an Eagles loss. <laughs> Oh my God! So uh, you know, I mean, it's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, Isn't it's it crazy. It's it's not funny, but it's it, but it's funny. Yeah, I, I mean, it's look, I I had to seriously check in on a couple of my friends who are Eagles fans to just basically say, "Hey, you all right? Everything okay?" No, I'm not all right. <laughs> and, and right, it, it is. Yeah, not all right. Right, not all right. You need a wellness check after an Eagles loss. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was thinking about the fact that the Bills fans will keep their beer. In the snow to keep it cold. Yeah, in the front of you. Yeah, I'm just like you. Just I, I don't know. Cold beer on a snowy day is just not what I think of. Well, they were actually. It was right? so cold. They were um, handing out chicken broth to the fans to try and keep them warm. It was something that they had. You know, they they had gallons and gallons and gallons of it trucked in, and they were handing it out to fans so they wouldn't freeze to death in the stadium. I mean, that is a that is a windy. Open air bowl. But the truth is, the hot liquid doesn't stay hot. When I'm at, I was at the Patriots game, and the hot chocolate from the walk from the concession yeah, stand cool yeah. to the seat, yeah. it was now ice chocolate. Yeah, yeah, it, it's right. It, it is the only way you stay warm is you you have to move around. Yeah, you and need a flask. And you, it's well, too bad they don't allow that. Yeah, um, right. 
but it's your feet. I mean, once oh. your feet get cold. Oh, it's so, the worst. Yeah, I mean, once your feet get cold, then you're then you're in trouble. I mean, I've been in some pretty nasty games in that stadium, especially as kids. That was what my dad used to always say is that, you know, if you put as many layers of socks on as you can. Yeah. And, you know, heavy boots because, you know, you can, it, once your feet get cold, you're done. That's the that's the end of it. You it is, and for some it happens almost immediately. Yeah, and then you're finished. All right. So what uh, what are you doing to stay warm? Have you been to a professional game that uh, you really suffered with the cold, or was it a kid's sport? You were out there, your feet got cold, you were miserable. What do you do to stay warm? And uh, side note, do you agree, Giants, Jets, Eagles fans, that? Um, I would say Jets and Eagles, probably the angriest of all the fans. Agree? Disagree? And are you even interested in the NFL this weekend? I barely knew what game it was coming up. How about you? 1-800-283-101.5. Fast traffic instant weather. 823 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. So how's your ride out there? I mean, as Dan's saying, it's freezing out there. Let's check in with Bob Williams. What's going on, Bob? Not only is it freezing out there, we've got the sun glare, and we've got some of those school districts that delayed their opening, so everybody's travel patterns are off this morning, so everybody's on the roads right about now, Bill. What are you What are you seeing out there, Bob? I mean, other than the backed-up traffic, any, uh, any accidents to report? Uh, just the normal uh, here and there, but no major road closures, but a lot of sun glare. And as Dan's mentioning, with that, the sun glare and the reflection from the ice and snow on the sides of the road makes it even tougher to see in front of you. Now, did, uh, did the Williams family have to uh, scrape the ice off the cars? Well, they, they did their best yesterday. I was a little bit, uh, uh, it was underwhelming. I'm trying to give them a, an okay performance, but uh, I had to go out there and dust it off and you know, do it this morning here. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's free. That is. <laughs> it's a free it's service. Free. I, you know, I did not have an ice scraper in the truck. So yesterday oh, I, I sat for about, it took about eight minutes to warm the car up and have the, um, have the defrost get, get the stuff, get the ice off. Cause it was, a, when I left the studio yesterday, it was a sheet of ice. I had to scrape it off the, uh, the handle to open the handle. Like it was, it was covered. Yeah, it's uh, you got to be prepared in times like this. You know, the best investment I've made over the last couple of years, those window uh, guards, those uh, windshield guards, you know, those plastic uh, vinyl things oh, you put that you put that you put on the outside be- before the uh, before the storms hit and you prop up your your windshield wipers and you pretty much got your windshield. OK, it's nice and clear. The, and good, it doesn't it doesn't stick to the car. Ten bucks. What's no, it called? It a windshield did. guard? Wind, windshield guard. Yeah, All right, I'm I mean, on they're it. pretty cheap. You can get them at any uh, auto parts store or Walmart or online or something like that. Great, great investment there. But yeah, you, you, that's got to be tools of your trade. Keeping a, keeping a snow brush. Yeah, I know. It's, it was, a, it was, t- it was a total fail. My fault. All right, yeah. Bob. Thank you. We'll but, check in later. I was, uh, be, yeah, go, I go. I just want to say I, I love you guys talking about the uh, difference between the towns before with uh, between Lawrence and Ewing. It used to be like uh, Ewing was a third world country during snowstorms. You knew when you hit the Ewing line out of Lawrence, right past the the, the uh, National Guard thing. It's like you know everything is down to the blacktop at Lawrence, but then you hit complete snow cover and you can it barely was, get through Ewing. But 
Now, to- now the the tables have been turned. I guess this year, total opposite. I'm thinking of making a contest out of it and have Lou, uh, uh, Lawrence versus Ewing uh, in the next storm. Who's going to do it better? Just to give him the incentive, because yeah. I mean, Ewing did it right. The roads were spotless. Yeah. It was it was a really smooth ride in. Lawrence, eh, not so much. Okay. Thanks, Bob. I'll talk to you in a bit. Take care. All right, Ellen, hang in there. I'm going to get to you first after the news. Talking about uh, coldest sporting event you've been to. What would you do to keep warm? And honestly, is it worth it? Is is uh, Should every stadium be domed? I almost feel like none of them should be. If you're not willing to brave the cold, you're not really a true fan, are you? 1-800-283-101.5 is the number 826 at the time. Eric Scott with your news next. It's 8.38 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadio with you at 10 o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. 1-800-283-101.5. Ellen Cherry, I'm going to get to you guys in a minute. But first, uh, Jill Myra, how are we doing out there? I I know that uh, producer Kristen on her ride home yesterday saw four accidents. So many, and so many were of the variety of when I see one car and a shoulder, I know that that's just people spinning out, you know, and... uh, Things like that. Now, what we have right now that's happening is a lot of uh, delayed openings. So we're yep. going to get a second rush hour. I'll call it little Christmas. It's like little rush hour. <laughs> um, and also the sun glare combined with the freezing temperatures. You're not getting that squirty, squirty fluid, whatever it's called. Right. On your windshield wiper. It's going to be a disaster. So if you're out of fluid, view. you oh. need to replenish that. But I'm not out. I just had my oil, ch- oil changed. But it was so cold. That it was not even working. out, even though it's got like defroster in it. It's right? supposed and, to. And it's supposed the, to have an antifreeze. Yeah. Yeah, because it, gets, it could be blocked with ice. That's probably yes. what it is. Yeah, Bob was talking about the sun glare of this morning too in North Jersey. So, what uh, are you seeing? Any red? Oh yeah, and um, like right now, I got a crash that just happened, like in you know South Jersey, yeah. even Buena Vista. A lot of stuff froze over. I uh, just had one that was at that border. Where was that crash again? Buena Vista. Buena Vista. Please, it hurts me. It's- it hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, there was just uh, one it cleared be on the Buena Vista. It would sound more <laughs> positive. Like Buena is a tough word. Right? Right? It's so Jersey. How's it spelled B U E? It's spelled B U E N A. So Buena. Buena. Like you want to say Buena Vista. Buena Vista. Right. I know. No, South Jersey. Jersey. Who brought you Greenwich? I was just about to say Greenwich. (laughs) All my New England friends are like, what do you mean it's Greenwich? What? All right. Thank you, Jill. All right. Let's jump right back into it. So um, are you one of these fans that will brave the cold and be like a lunatic with with the ice and the snow? And if you don't do that, are you truly a fan? Let's go to Ellen on the parkway. How are you doing, Ellen? Hey, Bill. How are you? I'm doing great this morning. How about you? I'm okay, thanks. They're in the cold. Yeah, it's freezing out. So tell me, have you ever been to a, a crazy weather game where you had to endure? <clears throat> uh, sure. It was the 19, uh, excuse me, 2007 NFC Championship Giants versus Packers at Lambeau. Oh, you went to Lambeau. Now, you are, because you're a Giants fan and you traveled, or are you from the area? No. I, I Jersey girl transported to Wisconsin, so I became a huge Packer fan living out there. Um, and my only chance to ever see the Giants happened to be then at that Lambeau game. I got tickets, took the fan bus up, and never experienced anything like it. Oh, it bet. was frigid. It was Brett Favre's last game as a Packer. And well, I- right, that was the game the Giants won 
and uh, and they they um, this is the one where where this was a playoff game, right? And they went to uh, yeah, they went to the Super Bowl. This was the NFC Championship. Didn't it go to overtime? Yes, I was freezing. <laughs> I was like, this game is- uh, what? Why? Why overtime? Now, since you you're a Jersey girl, you relocated to Wisconsin. Were you rooting for the Packers the whole time? I have to tell you, I was. It's infectious out there. You know, the, I'll whole bet. City, the whole state shuts down on a Sunday. Everybody's wearing their Packer garb. All the families get together. It really is nice in a way that we really don't have out here because there's so many teams in the, in this area. Yeah. People are split. But out there, it's just <clears throat> all love for the Packers all the time. It's a different culture, too, right? Even being in the stands because at Lambeau, I mean, you're really packed in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? One butt cheeks on one person, one butt cheeks on sitting on another person. Right. So, I, like, if I remember, I mean, there I don't know if they still do, but aren't there uh, benches in the upper deck, right? Yeah. That. Yeah, there are aluminum benches, which, by the way, were freezing. You have to bring plastic bags and stuff to sit on because that's where the heat's coming through. I mean, that's where the cold's coming through, and you, yeah. you have, like, no defense against it. Yeah. That's fun, though. So, now, now are you have you relocated back to Jersey? I am. I've been back in Jersey since uh, I came back. Uh, Sandy, <laughs> 2012, I came back. No kid. What brought you back? Um, just family ties. Yeah. It felt like it was time, you know. Good. So you're digging in right now when you're not going anywhere. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I know. What's the hardest thing? What's the toughest thing about Jersey? Oh, my gosh. It's, it, I, I'm broke in Jersey, and I live so well in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Big difference, so right? Yeah, I teach in New Jersey. I taught in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, the teachers probably have, like, maybe the nicest houses. And you come to New Jersey, and I can barely scrape by. Yeah, it's amazing. So you're a teacher? Yeah. That's a tough job these days, especially in Jersey. I mean, just the culture alone. I was talking about that lawsuit earlier with the, you know, the dad suing the school. I mean, just the crazy stuff that goes on in our schools. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, other people from other states look at us like we're crazy. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it was, why we live here. it was nice talking to you, Ellen. I appreciate you digging in. We're going to look, we're going to fight on behalf of the teachers and the cops and the firefighters and every other job that that has a struggle to make ends meet. When you go and you look, it's, there's it's not by accident, Ellen, that they're, they are recruiting teachers to other states from here. They're recruiting cops to other states from here. That's what I want to stop, and we're going to stop it. We're going to make New Jersey the place where they won't, they, they, there'll be a line to get in. That's what we want. That'd be great. I'm counting on you, Bill. Thanks. Thanks, Ellen. You take care. All right. It is coming up on 845. So, um, question for you. I, I've gotten more than a few texts from my Giants friends and Giants fans, friends, and, and to a person, they think the worst fans in the NFL are Eagles fans, no doubt about it. I think that's probably true, but I don't want to insult you if you are an Eagles fan. Are you willing to own up to being the toughest fan base in the country? And if you're a Giants fan, uh, what's the uh, what's the worst you've seen at the stadium? 1-800-283-101.5, 845, fast traffic instant weather. 8.52 on New Jersey 101.5. I am Bill Spadia. It is cold outside. It was 10 degrees in my car this morning. But my car started, thankfully. Not so lucky for many electric vehicle drivers in the Chicago area. I don't know if you saw a um, <laughs> report came out today that there were um, dozens of electric cars 
stuck because they couldn't get a proper charge with the cold weather. A lot of the handles frozen over, batteries frozen. Uh, it was just too cold. And, you know, it, it's it's interesting to me. And I'm not, I'm not anti-electric vehicle. We've got some very good friends who have Teslas. They love it. I, I put $100 down on the uh, the Tesla truck, which I am hoping to get at some point. But obviously they shouldn't be mandated. It, it's a market choice, right? And if you're, if you're concerned about safety of needing to get home, needing to get somewhere, yeah, to me, it's, it's just, uh, there's no way I'm going to take a chance that my primary vehicle is going to be electric. No way. And you saw this happen in Chicago. Imagine you're at a charging station. It's it's zero degrees, wind chills below zero, and you're stuck because you can't charge your car. Like that's a total disaster. Now, to be fair, I I have also experienced the crazy waits when we were short on gas. And I remember stopping at a parkway station and they they couldn't fill up. They had not had their resupply. And it was going to be a two-hour wait. And there were plenty of people lined up just sitting. So, obviously, it could also happen based on the supply of fuel. But that said, it it is a nice reminder that all of the virtue signaling and the do-gooders out there that make up things to do good about, right? So, they pretend they care about the environment. Let's spend $400 million on wind. Let's not fix our bridges, Let's not reverse the rise in crime. Let's spend $400 million on wind turbines, and then let's cover up any potential link to dead marine life. When we know full well that in the applications, they expected a certain amount of whales to be killed. So the virtue signalers who are like, no, wind is free, like to ignore the death of marine life, like to ignore the fossil fuels that are running up and down to lubricate the gearboxes in the uh, wind towers. They like to ignore the vibrations that are harmful to animals and humans. They ignore it because wind is free, right? They do the same thing as they gobble up open space, kill trees and animal life and and um, the ecosystem by putting in solar panels on these great fields, they don't talk about that. They don't talk about um, the veggie burgers that replace meat that that churn up the land and cost far more animal lives than the beef burger, which takes the life of the cow. They want you to think that there are things that are just better. No, they're not. Every single piece of technology comes with a price tag. It depends on what price you're willing to pay. Now, we just saw that with the New Jersey bag ban, we've, we've now increased by threefold the amount of plastic that we use. So the landfills are getting more use than they got before the bag ban. The electric cars didn't start in the cold Chicago winter. So all of these things that your government wants to mandate, every time government wants to mandate it, you've got to push back. What I'd like to see is... Two things incentivized in New Jersey. Number one, natural gas. We can build natural gas-fired electric uh, stations, electric generation stations, uh, cheaper even than nuclear and wildly cleaner than, than coal and oil. 
but we have to have the will to do it. We need to upgrade our infrastructure anyway. Uh, we could build a new nuclear power plant. Estimates are you could spend less than $6 billion and get it built in about five years. And three, four of them could charge almost the entire state. So we need to think differently. Are you with me on this? And are you sick and tired of the virtue signalers? And do you just want to go back to being able to put a plastic straw in your drink and not have to unwrap the plastic over the paper straw? Are you sick of that? Are you sick of being told you're going to have to spend three hours charging your, your electric vehicle because that's all you're going to be able to buy in the state of New Jersey? I'm sick of it. Now, I hear the Republicans are talking about a surcharge of a few hundred bucks. I'm glad that they took my idea, which I've been talking about for many, many months now, that we charge $1,000 per electric vehicle when they renew the registration. I think they're talking about a $300 charge. I think it's way too low. You have to accommodate for the the added cost for our fire departments and the use of water, et cetera, should be $1,000, and we're going to implement that on day one. Um, and I want to know from you, are you loving your electric car or and if you do drive an electric car do you agree with me there should be no mandate in new jersey 1-800-283-101.5 8:57 is the time eric scott with your news next 9-11 on new jersey 101.5 good morning i am bill spadio with you till 10 o'clock this morning talking jersey taking your calls 1-800-283-101.5 so eric what do you think would you buy an electric car no yeah, I'm, I, I I don't know. I put the hundred dollars down on the uh, Tesla truck. Yeah, just because I thought it looked cool. It looked like a moon vehicle. It did to look me. cool. Yep. Right. Um, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'll go through with the buy. I saw what happened in Chicago yesterday with the cold. They got so cold they couldn't even charge them. Yeah. Yeah. They said they had they had a Tesla graveyard. <laughs> I mean, and you know, some are saying, well, part of it is because the. The, the handles froze over. They couldn't even get the, yeah. the, 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 the whatever you call it, the latch out of the machine to put it into the car. I, I don't know. It, it Even my friends who have Teslas here, and I'm not just knocking Tesla. It's any EV. Their big concern is, do I make it to the next charging station? Well, it's, I have a friend of mine who has a Tesla, and he took it on a road trip. I mean, they drove from here um auto train, then to Florida, then to, to Key West. And that part of it was fine. But then he got sick while he was down there and had to drive all the way back from Key West. From Key West to New Jersey. Yeah. And how was he, that? He said it added about four and a half hours to the trip when he was sick because you had to stop and charge. And it doesn't fill up like a gas tank fills right. up in a, a minute or two. You're there at least an hour. Yeah. You know, and, it, and how many times you have to do that coming back. I, I I, would consider a hybrid. And if you look at the sales statistics. I would consider a hybrid. That yeah. is one of the fastest growing segments yeah. of, you know, green automobiles is the is the hybrid. Because I've often wondered, you know, in New Jersey, what happens if you're stuck in traffic and you only have like a quarter of your battery left? Did you shut the car off? What do you do? Right. What do I you mean, do if it's 10 degrees out? You shut the car off today. Sitting, if I'm sitting in traffic on Route One, or Plus 15. A lot, of my, oh, a lot of my firefighter buddies too have said that you know if that thing catches fire, um, they can't. If you have an accident and you're trapped in your Tesla or and or any EV, and there is a fire, they can't use the things they would normally use to cut you out of the vehicle because there's a chance the vehicle could be electrified. Right. 
right? The jaws of life, all those right. things. Are, they have to figure out how to use them differently. Guy died recently, actually, if I recall. Uh, hit a tree and got stuck in the car. Yeah. I don't know if it's because they couldn't use the equipment. I'm not sure. But that's a great question. I've talked about this with the firefighters uh, in terms of the water usage, et cetera, the amount of time it burns. But I didn't add that into my uh, discussion about what equipment they can't use. So question for you, does this weather make it uh, a little less likely for you to want to buy an electric vehicle, or do you drive one now, and uh, is it? are we overstating it? Is it not that big a deal to add hours to your trip for the charge? For me, I'm sticking with gas. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. 914 is the time. Traffic on weather now. Nine twenty-three on New Jersey, one hundred one point five. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia with you at ten o'clock this morning. Talking Jersey, taking your calls. One 1015 Jill, I'm headed to Atlantic City yeah. after the show. Okay. Uh, how are my South Jersey roads looking? Well, as long as you stay away from Harding Highway, that's in Buena Vista. That's I'm not going right anywhere now. near Buena Vista today. I'm telling you, I'm looking at the Spit Richland. on your report all morning. I know, but the general store in Richland looks really cool. It's right what? on the Richland Buena is Vista. That, is that border. Cumberland County? What is, or is that Atlantic County? What is oh, Buena Vista? Hold on, me. now we got to find out. How do I spell you know B U E N A? Yes, it's Vineland. Why is it not Buena Vista? To... Oh, so it's Cumberland County. Yeah, it's Gateway to Vineland. It's the Gateway <laughs> to Vineland. I love it. Well, the Vineland has. Yeah. The Landis Theater. Well, of course, that's right? why we we. But you know, Atlantic City, your ride's going to be good. Let's it's, see. It's just that you know. You know, I'm tempted to go through Buena Vista today. What's in Buena Vista? Um, is there uh, are there restaurants <laughs> there? I mean, there must be something. I there. don't know. I'm looking like Richland uh, is basically. I'm just I'm looking at it. Let's see the. Is uh, it great to look at though? Like, are you looking at like like. Well, it, you know, they're, they're, what, when you Google Buena Vista, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Buena Vista, uh, a, a, a bottle of wine comes up. Is there <laughs> is there a winery there? Always, right? I'm sure. So, yeah. all right, Buena Vista is in Atlantic County. I, that's why when you ask, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's in Atlantic it's County, right and there. it's it's on the border, and it's right it's right south of uh, Folsom and Hamilton, which, as we know, is the blueberry capital of that's the world. Right. Hamilton. Every Hamilton. time I think of I Hamilton, Hamilton, I think Hamilton. It's where Kellyanne Conway is from, Hamilton. She was like Miss Blueberry That's right. before she went on to uh, run the Trump campaign. From Miss Blueberry to to, to uh, the national Trump spokesman. Um, but Buna, yeah, it's right near Cedar Lake. All right, there's a golf course yeah, there. Look at this. I mean, and it is truly the gateway to Vineland. Yeah, and the Richland Village. Is that a gate? Is that the actual gateway? <laughs> I'm looking at it like it looks like a guardhouse. What it's, is that? It's the train. I think it's what's left of a train station. So it looks like a nice little town. All right. Hey, I, look at this. Look at that general store. Don't you just Richland? Go in there is it Rickland or Richland? It's hard Rich, to see. It's Richland. Richland. Yeah. So the Richland general store. They haven't in changed the sign in a Buna while. So. No, they have not. <laughs> All right. Anybody got a restaurant recommendation in Buena Vista? <laughs> um, I'm headed to Atlantic City today. I think I may detour through Hamilton and Buena Vista. Just to see it, I'll take some pictures. You know, it's like I'm, it's like I'm on a road trip, and I'm going to report back to the family here at New Jersey 101.5. Um, what is your uh, town in New Jersey that doesn't get a lot of play? I've been hearing Jill talk about uh, uh, Buena Vista all morning, and and I thought, you know, it's it's small towns like that 
that really make up the great fabric of our state. And I wanted to know, what uh, what's your go-to small town? Are you from a small town that, that gets lumped in where people have to look it up to figure out where it is? I mean, we do have 564 towns across the state of New Jersey, 611 school districts, but that's a whole other topic. Uh, what's your go-to small town? Is And and does anybody know in uh, Buena Vista, is there a place for lunch? 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. 927 is the time. Traffic and weather next. Actually, let's do news with Eric Scott. 938 on New Jersey 101.5. I am Bill Spadia. Hey, I want to build a list tomorrow. I'm going to run out of time today. Uh, Eric, I was thinking about, like, hole-in-the-wall places. I don't mean that as a negative. I mean it in the no. positive way, like diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yep. Hole-in-the-wall, unheard of. You'd never even think to go there unless you lived there, places around the Garden State. So Jill was talking about uh, Buna, Buna Vista, and I think a lot of people think it's Buena. They're not sure, but it's in Atlantic County. It's right near Vineland. So you're talking south, south Jersey. Yeah, yep. So I, uh, I went to the Google, found a place called Stakeouts Home Plate Buna. Now, hmm. for me, I looked at the pictures. Uh, they've got mussels. They've got cheesesteaks. So I'm looking, and no one else is going to notice this, but I'm a little crazy, as you know. In one of the pictures, they have Pete Rose's number 14 Phillies jersey okay. in glass. Now, I am one of the few Pete Rose fans. I think I ought to be in the Hall of Fame, considering what a lot of these sports players have done. I don't think Pete Rose's uh, um, his, his crimes were too egregious to keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Plus, if you've been to the Hall of Fame, he's in every room anyway because yeah. he broke every record. Yeah. But, um, but I'm looking. Now I want to do a meet and greet here. Like I'm go- I may stop by today. Didn't think it's stopping him for a beer. Yeah, why not? I love places like that. I, I do too. I mean, it's there. I mean, two of my favorites in this area, and both of them, I think, are closed now. One, and they're both in Chambersburg in Trenton. Ah, um, the old was days. the original Rossi's. Yeah, which you know, it's still good, but it's that was that right. was a great. And then uh, Jules Tavern too. Was you know, I never went to Jules Tavern, but I've only heard great things about Jules Tavern. Like, yeah. you know, that was the, but but a dive, right? Absolutely. A lot of that. business happening at Jules Tavern. Uh, Well, potentially. Right? Yeah. In, uh, in, in the old days. In the old days, yes. But it was, but it, that was, and it was cheap. So, you you know, when you, you were young, didn't have any money, but you wanted to go out, um, you would go to Jules and you would pregame, then you go to Rossi's for a burger. <laughs> Because the beer was cheaper at Jules than it was at, it. at Rossi's. I love it. I'm trying to think. There was an Irish pub. You may know it. It wasn't Jules. It was near. It wasn't far, though. It was a place that my producer, Jerry Burke, and I found. Just driving around Trenton, scoping the place out. Corner bar. They had great corned beef sandwiches. They didn't always have them. Oh, I can't I remember. I think I know the place you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's now. literally it's, on the corner. Um, Right, nowhere uh, to park. You're parking on the street. Not in a great neighborhood, but just a fantastic old school yep. corner Irish pub. Well, there was um, <clears throat> there was a Polish bar. I think it was on Layler. Yeah, um, not far from the stadium, and I think it was called the Corner Bar. The best pierogies I've ever had really? in my life, and they came on a paper plate, slathered in butter with sautéed onions. Uh. And you know, my buddies and I would go. We'd get a pitcher of beer, and we'd get a couple plates of the pierogies. And I mean, that was that. And, it, and you were walking out of there less than twenty bucks a person. That's the best part, right? Right. It didn't kill you, right? To to uh, to go out to dinner. You could actually go. I mean, you go back twenty years or so. 
And you you could go to a place, have a couple beers, have a sandwich, yep. walk out of there for, you might get changed for the 20. Absolutely. Right? You yep. might get changed. You leave that for the tip. There was another place. It was bought. It's, it's a very cool place now. But in the old days, it was called Crystal Tavern. It was on the corner right near the Lindenwald uh, high speed line. So now I'm going back to the oh, you know wow. Philly yep. days, South Jersey when I grew up. Crystal, Crystal Lake Tavern. It was Crystal Lake Tavern. It has since been bought. It's now Brewers Town Tavern. I've been there. I did a meet and greet there. It's awesome. I mean, they totally upscaled it. And it's fantastic. But in the old days, it was that dive. And when I was, I mean, I was a kid. God, I was working for my my dad. And he had his machine shop was around the corner. And that mm-hmm. was the go-to lunch place. And I would sometimes sit at the bar with the guys and not drink. I was 15 or so. and uh, But it was that classic dive bar where you had the neighborhood guys that were always there. Yep, yep. I, I love it. Those I love places. places like that. Yeah, I, it, there's still a place. When my dad um, had his printing company in downtown Buffalo, it was on Seneca Street. And then across the street and right up on the corner was this little dive bar. And um, it was always a treat because I could go with my dad and get a sandwich there. Yeah, you know, yeah. And he knew everybody. I mean, it was all, it right, was all right. the local guys. And when I took Sandra to Buffalo for the first time, <clears throat> I wanted to drive by and show her where my dad's shop was. And the bar was still there. No kidding. And it's still open. We went in and had a beer. And That's it, awesome. it was it literally was like stepping through time. I don't think they've <laughs> ever changed anything. I love you know, that. it's the ceiling tiles still had the smoke stains on yeah, it where guys yeah. could smoke at the bar, you know, before. Yeah. And it just it was it it was I I was ten years old again. Ah, I love stuff like that. All right. What's your go to uh hole in the wall dive bar local? I'm I uh, I'm I'm headed to Atlantic City today. I don't know if I'll be able to take the time to go to uh uh, Buena Vista, but I would like to, and I want to check out stakeouts. Let's go to Paul, who's in Buena Vista. What's going on, Paul? Okay. How are you? Good. How about yourself? Can you, nice I'm, to meet you. Uh, you too. I, I, can you tell me about stakeouts? Do you know about it? Steakhouse in, in which town are you talking about? Well, no, it's called, it literally, it's called stakeouts. It's called stakeouts home plate Buena. And it's a bar right on the edge in uh, in Buena Vista. On Route 40, yes. It's recently took over another bar, so it is there. I can't say I've dined there yet, so I can't give you any comment right, on it, but I like, do know the location. All right, it's like 54 and Weymouth Road, yeah, right? So that's the heart of what you were asking about Richland. You wanted to stop in Richland, and Richland is about one mile long, so if you sneeze, you miss it. There's only no about kidding. three things in Richland. That's one of them. St. <laughs> Augustine Prep is a big school there. Yeah, and then there's a little train station there that goes back way back to the 1700s. It goes down to Cape May, Rio Grande area. They have a train. Is it? They're known for it's a big, big holiday thing. Everybody put up. And the train still works. Train still works. Yes, that's fantastic. So, do you live there? Or are you from oh, there? Do you work there? I actually live in Hamilton, and I travel to Vineland and Richland every day of my life. I'm a produce broker, so I'm in the heart of agriculture down here. Wow, that's awesome. You know, it really is a great part of the state, right? I talk about Hamilton being the blueberry capital of the world. Farm after farm after farm when you go there. And and a lot of these towns, they do have a downtown that kind of gives you that reminiscent of of the 50s, right? When, When everything was a storefront. Yes, absolutely. There's about five towns down here that still carry that character. Yeah. I love it. Changes, but but the heart's still there. And I just wanted to give you some advice. If you're going to Atlantic City, I doubt you're going to be able to go through Richland, Hamilton, or Vineland, or Buena, because 
It's a little out of your way. I know. You're going to be coming down the parkway. You're going to come down the parkway. Uh, probably just because I also have to. I'm going to be back in Ocean County for an event tonight. I mean, it's you know, I do three, four stops a day, so I probably won't. But I'm going to make it a point um, to check out this stakeout. So, so all right, you're selling produce. Any place you can recommend in uh, in that Vineland, uh, Folsom, Hamilton area? Hamilton, Hamilton for sure. You have to go to the Maplewoods. That's an Italian restaurant. So. You will not leave there unhappy. You will be. You know, I, is, wait, is that on? Is that on 130? What is that? What road is that on? Route 30. Route 30. Route 30. That's right. it. So I've been there, but it's been years. It's been years. Yep. Yeah, if you come down 206, 206 dead ends on Route 30, it's about a mile from there. So that's one of our flagship restaurants. And Hamilton, yeah. everything's Italian. We're the Joe's, most Italian populated town in the, in the city. In it's the city, Joe's you know, Maplewood, right? Joe's Maplewood. Yeah, I, I have been there. I've only been there once. Um, my uh, my good friends who uh, who own Dylan's RV uh, took us there. We went there. I mean, this is going back a few years, but you're right. Great place, homemade pasta. Like it's it's the real deal for Italian stuff. If I remember, they had the long hots. Yeah, it's a fantastic place. All right, add it to the list. Hey, Paul, have a great rest of your day, man. Thanks for calling. Good travels today. Thank you. You take care. All right, everybody else, hang in there. I'll be back. 946, Fast Traffic Instant Weather Next Arrow. 953 on New Jersey 101.5. Good morning. I am Bill Spadia. So, uh, hey, I'm getting a lot of notes about dive bars. Uh, my friend Bob just said the uh, the Irish pub in Trenton, uh, Tiernanog. I think that was it. It looks a little nicer than I remembered, though. Um, and I got a note from Big Dave in West Hampton. Big Dave, thank you. Uh, he wrote on the app chat, Bill, Steakouts in Buna is out- outrageously good. Highly recommended. Also, Steakout on Woodbury Ave in Glassboro. Um, oh, no, sorry. Woodbury Glassboro Road in Sewell. Also fantastic. And as Big Dave said, if you are feeling frisky, you can get an ostrich cheesesteak. We'll see how frisky I'm feeling for lunch when I get down there. Uh, Also, uh, I want to wrap up with this. Uh, Dean in Orange sent us a note, and he wanted to know, he said he's a registered Democrat, wants to know if he can vote Republican in the general election. Let me be very clear if there is any confusion. In the November general election, it does not matter what party you are registered for or if you are unaffiliated with either party. You have a vote in the general. The reason I talk about the primaries is I'm on my one less idiot campaign. And if you're an unaffiliated voter, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You get to November, you look at the two candidates, you're like, how did I get stuck with these two idiots? You want one less idiot? Join me in the primaries. We need to start having unaffiliated voters vote in the Republican primaries in June. You will thank me. You should have a choice in who is facing off against each other in November. But make no mistake about it. No matter how you are registered, as long as you are registered to vote, you can vote for whoever you want in the general election. All right, guys, I got to get out of here. I hope you have an outstanding rest of your day. Hopefully soon I'll be checking out Stakeouts Home Plate in Buna. Your call's coming up tomorrow on... Best dive bars across New Jersey. Have a great rest of your day. Be safe on the roads. I'll see you at 6.
listening to the Bill Spadia Show on demand. Don't forget to check out the latest online from Bill Spadia on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.5.